Hello and welcome to the Black Final Girl podcast. I am your host, Clary, and this week I am super excited because I am talking about Barbarian, directed by Zach Krieger. Just before the episode starts, I want to say quick trigger warning for sexual assault. I talk about it in the episode, and it is implied in the movie, but it isn't shown in the movie. If you still want to watch Barbarian, I would definitely recommend it. But it is there, and I do talk about it, so trigger warning. Barbarian 2022 is an American horror movie that I can only describe as a modern nightmare. I have no other way to really like subgenrefy this movie. I it was simply just a fever dream. It felt like just being trapped in a nightmare. That is the only way I could describe the movie Barbarian. And what a great solo debut nightmare that this movie was for Zack Krieger. So if you have not heard about the film Barbarian, it is about a woman who books an Airbnb, right? She's like, oh, I'm just going to go in for this little job interview. Let me just get an Airbnb in the city and I can do it. But it turns out that Airbnb is double booked. And from the moment she finds out that it's double booked, hijinks ensue. And boy, oh boy, are the hijinks jinking. You know what I mean? I feel like what I just said was low-key a slur. I know jinking is a word. But at the same time, saying the word jinking feels like a slur. I'm gonna make it one. So spoilers ahead, I am now about to get into plot details and things that happen in the movie in order. So if you don't want to be spoiled or you haven't seen the movie yet, exit out now. I will take absolutely zero offense. The film starts off with us meeting our main character, Tess, who is arriving late night to her Airbnb for an interview in the desolate neighborhood of Brightmoor. Mind you, when she comes to Brightmoor at nighttime, it's like pitch black. She can't see any of the houses except for the house that she's going to because the outside light is on. She does all the stuff you need to do when you're checking into an Airbnb. You know, she goes onto the porch. She tries to find the key. She tries to do all that, but lo and behold, she can't. So she tries calling the owner. He doesn't pick up. And I'm feeling nervous for her because it's the middle of the night and she cannot get into a safe environment. And you know what that's like. Okay, you know the stress of just being like, I want to just be inside right now. I'm in the middle of nowhere. And it's raining. Not only is it in the middle of nowhere, but she's literally standing standing there and it's raining and I love this opening scene so much because of the way that it's directed and like the cinematography it is literally just like pitch black neighborhood and the only things that you can truly see are her when she's sitting inside of her car and her when she's like on the porch because those are like the only two lit up areas and it can really convey that feeling of isolation that Tess probably has as a woman late out night you know, trying to get into this random Airbnb in a neighborhood she's never been, in a city that she doesn't live type of thing. And it also helps me understand personally why she would make the decision that she makes to stay. Um, I understand why she would do it. I wouldn't do it personally. She has a perfectly fine car that she could sleep in for the night. I don't know. I mean, I guess it is kind of like a lose-lose battle. Would you rather sleep outside in your car in the middle of nowhere in this creepy neighborhood that you don't know or would you rather sleep inside with a random man in this creepy neighborhood that you don't know you know so while personally i was screaming and shouting for her to just sleep in her car because she could make like an easy exit i understood why she would make the choice to go inside the nice warm house so i will allow it simply because she has an interview in the next morning and you never know you never know what you need when you have an interview the next morning Although I will also say Tess is getting like a lot of slack online for just being like the world's worst final girl for all the choices she makes. 
she takes her time making a lot of these bad choices okay so like yes she does make bad choices but we need to forgive my girl a little bit because at least before she makes the bad choice she at least contemplates the good choice okay i think we need to start embracing our wins so last episode during run sweetheart run i think i briefly mentioned how they have this same moment of like this if this was another world and this was another genre this could have been the greatest opening to a rom-com ever and i will say it's only if it was in another genre because personally while i was watching this movie i was screaming at her to stop <laughs> just stop like the amount of red flags that bill skarsgård raised in like the 30 minutes that he was hanging out with her the night before that she promptly saw put her hand on and put it behind her so she didn't have to see it anymore was astounding she was speed running how to ignore red flags and i was <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was shocked to see that in a modern day horror movie because I feel like nowadays everybody's trying to figure out how to make their protagonist like super smart and constantly figuring out how I can like dodge this horror trope or dodge that one. Well, actually, maybe not because I was just screaming about how an ex that man went into the barn not only tits out but no shoes on so who am i kidding right now horror movies are always going to be the same and i'm always going to eat it up every time so she decides that she's going to ignore every red flag and for me personally a moment in this scene that has stuck with me for days weeks now at this point is the fact that when she gets into the house with bill skarsgård right and she's like oh i'll sleep on the couch and he's like no i'm a gentleman chivalry is not dead i'll sleep on the couch you take the bed she's like i'm not sleeping in your nasty sheets that you've been using for whoever knows how long so he's like oh we will wash the sheets it won't be a problem i have no issue washing the sheets with you so they put the sheets in they wash it yada yada they have a little kiki while the sheets are washing it's fine okay i'm perfectly fine at this point she'd said that i felt it i will not sleep on dirty sheets it's just a fact but then he promptly takes the sheets out of the dryer with her yada yada they're doing the duvet he puts his nasty body inside the duvet and is wiggling around in it trying to make her giggle or whatever like it's a cute little moment but all i was thinking was girl you literally verbally just said you don't want dirty body dirty sheets you know and here he is putting his dirty body all up in your clean sheets that you have to sleep with later and she didn't care anymore because she just thought he was cute i'm telling you pretty privilege is real but the sheets don't matter because next morning tess wakes up to head out to her job interview and as she steps out of the house she realizes that this neighborhood is capital a abandoned like nobody is there and i thought it was a little bit interesting a little bit funny that zach krieger was like you know what will really make this movie hit if we add just a little bit of white flight into the storyline and then we just leave it just a little hint of it just so the kids go home and google and then that's it and like there's a scene while Tess is at her job interview or just finished where she's like smiling at the photo of Keith on her phone. Keith is Bill Skarsgård's character and she's laughing at this photo that she took of his ID because she was like, oh, I'm so scared of being with this man. But now she's like smiling at it mad goofy like she's in love with this man. And I was so convinced that they were going to flip the script and this woman was going to trap Keith in his own basement. I was like, yo, that will be the greatest thing ever. Like, I was thinking about the poster, how it's like her standing at the top of the basement stairs. And I'm like, yo, she traps Keith in the basement. Not that that happens. I don't know why I just said that. But I just thought, wouldn't that be a great movie to watch? When Tess is returning home from her job interview, she's chased by this homeless man that's yelling at her and telling her to like, get away from that house. He says, don't go in there, little girl. Matter of fact, if a grown black man is calling me little girl, I will step in there. Don't joke. <laughs> I'm joking. The worry that the world works. He's yelling at her and he's saying, don't go in there. Stay out of that house, little girl. 
and she clearly has never seen the movie Get Out because that man was saving her life. And if she had seen the movie Get Out, she would know a black man charging at you saying, don't go near these people, don't go near this area is probably trying to save your life. She's terrified of this encounter, so she books it inside and she calls the police. And this scene was a little bit funny to me because she's like, yo, 911, can you guys please come? This man is like chasing me in this neighborhood. And the cops are like, no, that neighborhood is literally so ugly. I cannot make it there. There's nobody over there. Nobody's going to come. It is literally just not going to happen. And Tess is like, fine, cool. And something else that I really, 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 truly, really, really, really love about this movie is the runtime. I think it was like an hour and 40 minutes max, which is beautiful. But thanks to that runtime, after Tess gets off the phone with the police, she's like, you know what I should do? I should enter my own personal horror movie. And she does because our girl Tess decides to be nosy, so she heads to the basement. Nothing good is in the basement, okay? While she's in the basement just touching and rubbing on things, she finds this like string cord. So she starts pulling on the cord and this cord leads her to a long corridor in the middle of this basement. Uh, me personally, I'm a nosy person, right? Okay. So once I see this long cord and I pull it, maybe, perhaps, probably wouldn't pull it in all honesty, okay? Because nothing good is in the basement. But <laughs> she pulls the cord and she sees a long corridor. At this point, I'm turning back around and heading back upstairs because that's clearly none of my business, okay? It's clearly not. I might push something in front of the doors so that whatever was in there is not coming back out my way. But I'm definitely not going to be like, you know what I should really do? I should really take my physical body and put it into this dark dark place and that's never the first thing on my mind but it was the first thing on hers so shout out to tess for that and while tess is playing a game of how not to survive in a horror movie she is still smart so she takes this mirror she angles it at the light bulb so that it can shine just a little bit more light into this dark dark corridor because girl when they tell you that you can't see anything in this hallway but she continues to put herself in this hallway I digress, but while she's snooping even further into this evil, evil hallway, she stumbles upon an evil, evil room, and in that room is a bucket, a bed, and a camera. Again, these are things that you would see and you would say to yourself, I think I need to leave Detroit. Not even I think I need to leave this house, but simply there is a serial killer running amok in Detroit, and I simply need to put distance between me and said killer. Something does finally click in Tess's mind, so she does try to get out of the basement. But sadly, it's too late for her to get out of the basement because the door is locked. The way that she came in, she can no longer come out. But thankfully, our boy Keith, <laughs> who I have been shit-talking for the past 30 minutes at this point in the movie, has come home. And I'm like, oh, he trapped her down there. Perfect. He's not going to help her out. But he does. He's like, oh, I'll get you out through the window. She gets out through the window. She starts to explain to Keith what she saw in the basement. And I'm personally screaming, girl... Do not tell Bill Skarsgård your secrets, okay? It doesn't matter. Just don't tell him it. He's going to take them somewhere and he's going to make very dark, twisted things out of it. I cannot explain to you the way that I was screaming for this woman to stop telling Keith what she's found in the basement <laughs> because I was so convinced that Keith constantly double books women so that he could trap them in that dark, dingy room in the basement. And here she is letting him know that she found his secret kill room. Either way, Keith being Keith is like, I'll go downstairs and I'll check out the basement. Again, a red flag. I was like, he's going down there so he could set it a flame, girl, get out of there. But we're about to change our opinion on Keith very soon. <laughs> very soon because Keith goes into the basement and he's checking things out and Tess is like, she's about to leave and I'm screaming at Tess to just go leave Keith. But Keith is taking so long to come out of the basement and Tess kind of feels bad because she's the one that sent him down in the basement in the first place. So she decides to go back down there 
and find Keith because for some reason this man just has his hooks in our girl. I don't know why. She goes back down there and she's like playing detective. She's snooping every single inch of this basement when she realizes that this basement goes 10 times further underground than she expected it to go. And again, this is when I'm like, Tess, I need you to think a little bit harder because like I said, she does contemplate her choices before she makes the bad one, right? She always does. She always stops and thinks to herself, am I in a horror movie? But for some reason, instead of looking at every single thing that has happened in the past 24 hours, she goes, nah, I'm not in a horror movie and does the bad thing. So she obviously goes into these deep, dark underground tunnels again. So Tess goes down there to find Keith and, you know, they link up, they reunite and Keith is like trying to explain to her that they cannot go that way and they need to get the hell out of this basement. But before Keith can fully finish his sentence, we see a flash of titties and Keith's head is bashed in. And I cannot explain when I say bashed in, I mean bashed in. Anyways, I'm so sorry to Keith. Um, I was saying that he was a creepy little weirdo for like the past 40 minutes in the movie, the past maybe like five minutes in the podcast, but still... Um, R.I.P. to Keith. I'm so sorry that I didn't trust you. You simply, <laughs> you simply were just at an Airbnb. Oh man, the way life goes. We are then introduced to Justin Long's character, AJ, who simply ain't shit. And we meet him as he is being fired from his sitcom due to rape allegations. So we get this news and then we spend a little bit of time with him as we see him trying to like fix the situation. And by fixing the situation, I mean that he decides that he is going to counter sue. But since he is just like an idiot, he has zero money <laughs> to counter sue. So he has to sell the house that he's living in. And as he sells that house, he decides he is going to live in his old rental property in Detroit. And the way that I too wish I was so rich, I had a rental property that I've never seen or inspected to the point that a murderous naked woman is just living in my basement for like many a year that it just doesn't even matter. Um, we now spend time with him as he comes home to his rental property and he's just absolutely shook at the fact that there's clothes at his rental property because, hey, we have not rented this house out for weeks. The last listing was weeks ago. But either way, after realizing that he has no idea what's happening in his house because he goes downstairs, he finds the same thing that Tess found. He's like, oh, this is so weird. How many square footage should this house have? He then decides that he is going to finally inspect his rental property and he takes a tape measure and he starts going through the house so that he can measure out just how big his house is and how much money he truly has. But while he's finally checking out his place, he is attacked by none other than Mother, who is the naked murderous woman living in his basement. We then get a flashback to the neighborhood before everyone left, before the little bit of white flight that happened, and we are introduced to the original owner, Frank, who is one of the worst characters ever. And he's also kind of like AJ's tethered, but like that's neither here nor there. We meet Frank as he goes out to shop for baby stuff. And this is a part of the movie where I was like personally stressed out because I'm like, Frank, where is the baby? After we follow Frank shopping for some baby stuff, we watch him stalk a woman just like casually and then he enters her house under the guise of like checking her power. But he's really going in so that he can open a window for him to come back in later on at night. And this scene really just reminds me just how like different the 80s truly were. Like this was just a time period of anybody doing whatever the hell they wanted as long as they were white, honest to God. Like you could just walk into a law office and be like i'm a lawyer walk into a doctor's office and be like i'm a literal surgeon not even just like a regular physician 
I am a neurosurgeon. And they would say, yes, you are. Because it's the 80s and anybody could just say something and then do it. Cutting back to AJ and Tess, we see them locked in a trap and we aren't too sure how long Tess has been there specifically, but if you remember earlier, AJ did say that the last check-in was weeks ago, so we know our girl has been here for at least a solid minute. She starts trying to explain things to AJ when mother comes back in and she comes in with a baby bottle that is honest to God, maybe the worst and the most disgusting baby bottle I have ever seen. And like days after watching this movie, I was thinking about like that hairy nipple on the bottle. The size of the nipple on the goddamn bottle is stressing, okay? And like Tess is begging for AJ to just like drink from the bottle, but AJ is like, he's bougie. So he's like, no Tess, I am not gonna drink it. Tess is an absolute champ, so once that bottle comes into her face, once that ugly, disgusting, drooping, nasty, I cannot describe this freaking baby bottle. This baby bottle was actually the most distressing part of this whole movie. But either way, when this baby bottle comes into Tess's face, she takes it like a complete champ. Like, you would think this is her on Fear Factor. That's what it was like. It was like watching somebody on Fear Factor, and they're like, you know what? I'm getting money in the end. After this conversation with Joe Rogan, I can handle anything. <laughs> And like, I shit you not, after she drinks out of this baby bottle, they continue to show it and it literally got less appealing. It literally started looking worse after she drank some of the milk out of this nasty bottle. The hair started to like come off and it was like hanging, oh my gosh. Also, this bottle was so hairy. I cannot describe how much hair I saw in this bottle. So Tess continues to try to explain to AJ that this mom simply just wants them to be her baby. Like she's like, this is my baby and AJ will not take this bottle. So that is stressing out the mother. So the mother then hops into the cage that they're in and she gets all up in Justin Long's face and starts asking him if he wanted a bottle, but like Justin Long is not gonna take this bottle. And so mother is like, oh, he doesn't like bottles, duh. He's not a formula fed baby. So she takes him because she's assuming or she's gonna take care of her baby regardless, I should say, but she is assuming he is a breastfed baby. And like earlier in the movie when Justin Long was examining the house, he did stumble across a room where there was like blankets on the floor and there was a video playing of how to breastfeed a baby. And like I saw that and I just kind of brushed it aside. I was like, yeah, a little weird, but nothing, nothing bad can come from blankets in a breastfeeding video, right? No, a lot of bad can come from that. Like a lot, a lot of bad. And this is exactly why I cannot wait to see what other things Zach Krieger comes up with because who why what huh why were you thinking about this <laughs> why why did i watch it and why did i clap either way she takes him and she drags him to the room where there is the breastfeeding tutorial in the background and she promptly she promptly feeds her baby i was screaming the way that if i was in this room and she laid me on these blankets i would start screaming, crying, like, mom, please just give me the bottle. I will take the bottle. Give me the hairy bottle nipple right now. I will drink it with a quickness. It'll be finished. Just please, honest to God, do not put your titty in my mouth. Honestly, get that away from me. And another thing that I'm really processing right now is, was that her breast milk in the bottle? Like, regardless, it's not a good time. <laughs> but I would literally rather the hairy nipple from the bottle than her literal nipple in my mouth any day, any time. I'm not lying. Like that clip alone, watching her breastfeed Justin Long is, I know why conservatives are afraid of freeing the nipple. I know why. Put the nipple back. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It changed my whole mind view on everything. Do not release the nipple. But anyways, thankfully, since Justin Long was being breastfed, Tess is able to make her escape. 
she escapes with the help of the homeless man from earlier but because she's like a good person (laughs) she keeps trying to explain to the homeless man that there's another person still trapped inside the house and that she has to save aj but like the homeless guy's like girl he's doing what i say every single episode and he's like girl just be a little bit selfish and get the hell out of here i know for a fact you cannot be crazy enough to get back in that house Mm, tess (laughs) and like the thing is while she was escaping the house she accidentally kicked the tape measure so she has technically already saved aj because when she kicked the tape measure on accident the mother began to chase after her so that allowed aj enough time to like get out of there so like she did technically already save him so there's no reason why she needs to keep trying to get her back into this house and to get him some more help but i digress let's get back to aj who is trying to make his own escape so while aj is trying to escape from the basement he stumbles across frank who has been living there this whole time just underneath the house too as well and he assumes that frank is like trapped in the basement by mother and not the other way around (laughs) so he's like oh don't worry dude i'm gonna get out of here you're a little too old for you to be getting out of here but i'm gonna get out of here and i will come back with the police and i will help you get out and frank hearing this and being the devil reincarnated himself, he's like, no, I'm gonna actually kill myself. And I know if you haven't seen the movie, you're probably like, Clary, what has Frank been up to that he could, you know, that could possibly warrant such a reaction, you know? Why would you be like, hmm, the police are coming, I should kill myself, you know? Um, You know how he was stalking that woman earlier in the movie? It's just simply so that later on he would return kidnap her bring her back to the room with the uh, bucket bed camera then he would proceed to rape them and then he would do that to multiple women okay matter of fact he had so many videotapes in his little dark decrepit room he would also do the same to the offspring that these women would have and he would continue to do that for generations and generations and generations And then later on, it is revealed that Mother is actually a direct product of this and that she is a incest child born from generations of rape and evil. And that is why I say Frank, even though he's in the movie for all of 15 minutes, not even, is actually the worst character in the film and he is actually the most evil and the most sinister thing. Like, Mother might be physically scary, I guess, in the moment, and she definitely did kill Keith earlier for, like, no reason, other than the fact that her child was trying to escape. But she's truly not the most evil person in this house. Not the most evil person in these tunnels, okay? And while AJ is learning all of this, our girl Tess has been free from the house for a while, but she's, like, trying to become a saint, so she keeps trying to come back, and she even brings the police back, but the police literally are just like, oh, she's on drugs, so we're just gonna leave her. Again, another movie? (laughs) Again, this moment with, like, Run, Sweetheart, Run, where they're like, you know what? Oh, on my list of people to help today, drug addicts and women are not on the list. So, so sorry. I got to go do police work somewhere else, even though that's literally my job is to help the people. And they are indeed people. But either way, it doesn't matter. She gets back to the house and she goes to save AJ. And she saves AJ by crashing her vehicle, their only means of escape into the house. (laughs) Well, she crashes into Mother and crashes Mother and the car into the house, but obviously Mother ain't gonna die off of one little car hit. So it's like she crashes the car into the house and now it's stuck and they are stuck, but she gets back into the house. And like I said, Frank had killed himself earlier with AJ in the room, and so now AJ has a gun. And so when Tess goes back into the house to save AJ, 
AJ shoots Tess. <laughs> because of course AJ would. It was an accident, but like, of course he would. And of course Tess would be the one to get shot because girl, you were out of the house. You were out of the house. You were out of the neighborhood. You were almost out of Detroit. It really, it, you, there was so many other things you could have done, okay? <laughs> but after AJ shoots her, they still are able to leave the house, but they are now in more danger because not only is Tess shot, but it is nighttime and mother is running wild in the streets. She is now a free range mother, okay? <laughs> no house is keeping her down. She's just out in the breeze, tits out, cooch out, just running and on the hunt for her babies. So they end up finding shelter with the homeless man from earlier in the movie because he lives at this water tower area that mother has never really gone to. So he feels safe, they feel safe, he takes them in. And while they're there at this um, homeless guy's like campsite, AJ starts to like go through the stages of grief, right? He's like, oh, I've been a horrible person. I did horrible things to many people. Matter of fact, watching those videos, cause he did watch one of the tapes. Thank God we don't actually have to see anything that's on the tape, but you kind of hear it. And now that AJ has seen this tape and he's seen the things that has happened, he now feels like what he had done to his co-star was wrong. And also how he hurt Tess by shooting her was wrong. So he's just kind of like sad about how he's been a horrible person his whole life. And now he's like, I don't want to be a horrible person anymore. I don't want to keep hurting people. I don't want to do this anymore. I cannot turn out like Frank, right? That's that's the idea. While they're there, mother attacks the homeless man who has literally, he's literally always lived there. Matter of fact, he's saying how she never comes over in this area, so he's not going to die. And boom, she comes and she kills him. So I'm just going to blame AJ for his death. And like nothing is funnier than mere moments after saying that he's going to be a changed person. AJ sees the mother come kill this homeless man. So he starts booking it up the water tower steps and he leaves Tess who he shot, mind you. And he was basically like, I'm not going to be a bad person anymore. I'm going to stop harming people. He shot her and then he leaves her to fend for herself by running up these stairs. And I know I'm always screaming about be selfish, but that was wild. That was like another level of selfish because you're literally the reason that she cannot keep up with you. <laughs> Either way, I digress. So then they both make it to the top of the water tower, but like mother is hot on their heels. Like she's pretty much up at the step the same time that Tess makes it to AJ. And he's like, you know what? I've already forgiven myself. So I will forgive myself again for my next actions. He knows that he's not going to make it out alive. Well, he knows that both of them cannot make it out alive because mother is just, she's on the hunt, right? So he grips Tess's hair. He puts his hands all up in her head and he proceeds to just toss Tess off of the water tower and he says come get your baby <laughs> literally me when my niece is annoying me so I gotta call my sister come get your baby right now that was him but he threw her off of a water tower and you know I always 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 say horror movies need to be a little bit selfish but this man in these two acts he was gooping and gagging me like I could not believe that he was going to toss her like that he didn't even push her off of the tower it would have been like a little bit different if he was like you know what I really cannot survive this and she was standing next to him so he just like lightly shoves her off of the tower my man reached forward put his hand into her hair pulled his arm back and swung her off of that tower like he swung her off but mother is a good mom and so she doesn't hesitate to jump after her baby ultimately saving tess's life because mother like i said she's not a villain at all so aj comes down to see if they're still alive and then he notices that tess is alive so again he's like reversing how he was just acting he's like i'm so sorry i knew we weren't gonna make it out i knew you weren't gonna die i knew she was gonna save you i'm so sorry but tess rolls over and mother who is not dead is like don't you ever toss my baby off of another tower so she proceeds to just choke him out 
out real quick and she kills him and then mother is trying to be a good mom so she starts to try to comfort tess but like tess is like this is actually the worst night of my life and i simply just wanted a new job when you think about it all tess wanted was a new job so she mercy kills mother and then she walks off into the sunset you know and that is the movie barbarian 2022 i gave this movie 4.5 stars on letterbox because the story kept me guessing over and over and over and i love when a movie just has me going what is going on right now also i had zero clue that justin long was going to be in this movie and literally everybody loves justin long if you don't love justin long you actually do secretly love justin long you just don't know another really cool thing for me about this movie was more of like a behind the scenes thing and it was finding out that the director zach krieger got his inspiration from a book called the gift of fear and that book kind of talks about how women have the sense of intuition that they always have to follow because of how the world sort of is. He read that book and he was like, I'm going to put one singular character in every single one of these situations within the first few minutes of my movie. I think it was actually genuinely a terrifying movie. I simply watched it in the comfort of my own home, so that made it feel a little less terrifying than it truly was. Had I seen it in theaters when it originally came out, I would have been definitely creeped out. I think that the tension and the creep factor in this movie are amazing. This movie, there was zero pacing issues. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. And the movie got me because I originally, with the marketing and everything, I thought that it was going to be a home invasion movie and was extremely surprised when it was not a home invasion movie at all. It was instead, literally don't know what to describe that movie as. Like I said, it was just a nightmare. I cannot wait to see what Zack Krieger does next. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. You can find me on Apple, Spotify, all that jazz, all those fun places. You can find me on Twitter at Black Final Girl and on Instagram at The Black Final Girl. 